0: Hi, I'm Ingo from Roast Travels, and today we have a very special guest. He's two times German champion in coffee roasting. Welcome, Andre Kirberg. Hi, Ingo. Great to have you here. And if you want to know more about Andre, about his history, um, about his starting coffee, but also about coffee roasting championships, then have a look at the video that you find here. In this video, once Andre is here, I wanted to ask him as much as possible about coffee roasting, so that we can share some information, maybe also some guidelines or tips and tricks for you when it comes to coffee roasting. And um, one thing I would like to know from, from you, André, to start with is kind of if people want to roast a nice coffee, they want to have a great coffee, whatever this is for them, where should they start or what are the most important decisions for them to get to this cup of coffee that they want?
1: Well, I think the most important thing is to, um, for you to become a great cupper. Um, really analyzing every roast that you make afterwards for its taste and what change compared to the last roast. So yeah. it's really helpful if you track that data and if you, let's say you, you have a first batch of any, any kind of coffee, mm-hmm. you roast it, you cup it. Um, and you think, oh, I, um, I think I'm lacking some, some, some sweetness. I'm lacking some florality, mm-hmm. um, then to then adjust your roast style accordingly and, and make little increments and, and, and changes, um, when do you apply, how much heat, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's, that's like the most important part If you. If you, um, progress in your roasting, um, roasting, um, skills is, is to be an excellent cupper. Okay. So you mean before understanding it? Talk technology and the roasting profiles and
0: everything behind. People should focus on their cupping or sensory skills. Yes. yes. Okay. And how can you learn that, or how can you train that?
1: Uh, well, the easiest thing is um, if you just grab a few bags of coffee, you grind them really coarse, um, and then you just brew them, and then you you cup them. So you can just go to a roastery, get any three coffees, and and, and compare them and yeah. write down your taste notes um, because. Cupping and sensory skills is something you can learn, that everybody yeah. can learn. Yeah. Um, certainly some people are more, more natural at it than, than other people. Yeah. Um, some people just have better sensory skills in mm. general, but um, when it comes to talking about your roast and, and mm. identifying your roast and identifying flaws and possible opportunities to to increase the quality of your roasts mm. um, and like cupping sensory skills is, is the most crucial part for for coffee using yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah and especially do do blind cuppings like people always focus uh, a lot of people focus on roast curves and, and yeah does my roast curve look pretty like um, mm. uh, we have a saying in the industry like people who don't believe in that um you can you can die in pretty rose curves uh, yeah. you can have the best scott rayo memorial mm. Um, mm. rose curves rate of rise mm. spot on but you can still lack some depth and clarity within your mm. roast because well, every coffee is, is, is the same and coffee is a natural product and behaves the way it wants to behave within mm. the roasting machine mm. so if you have a coffee like I have a coffee from Rwanda, it just crashes after every 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 first crack. Mm. There's no way around it. It's just the coffee needs to let go of so much energy and depletes so much of its moisture. Yeah. into the roasting process, and you can't really stop that. Um, mm. You could try to to avoid it or make it make it go away, but then you would try to fit your coffee into something that's actually not natural to 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 do um, the coffee. So. Um, I'd rather risk uh, a flick here and there, a crash in a flick, uh, and just have it controlled. Like it's far more important to have an even, even color distribution, so that your your coffee has the same color from inside to the outside. Yeah. That's far more important than than, than anything else. Mm-hmm. Okay, how can I reach that? this evenness of rose color when well if your coffee is a bit light inside or Mm. a lot in light inside uh, it means um, that you didn't transfer enough heat into the center of the bean Mm -hmm. and then starts at the beginning of the roasting process yeah so what you would need to do then is to increase your uh, um your entry temperature or you need to increase your gas settings yeah um if your coffee is a bit dark inside that means um you probably Apply too much heat, yeah, and then you reduce uh, the 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 temperature where you, you drop the coffee, and mm. um, or you need to decrease your gas setting, mm. um, maybe to tighten your roast a bit, tighten your um, development time and time a bit, and mm. just uh, make sure that you get that even color distribution. Mm how do you measure this? So then you would need like a color
0: meter that can rose uh, that can measure outside and inside or do you do it by eyesight?
1: Oh, it's uh, it actually uh, at first it's uh, it's a visual um, a comparison. Mm. You just uh, have a bite, you bite your coffee bean yeah. through and you look at the coffee bean and, and in most cases it's quite obvious. Yeah. Um, of course you have um, color meters who can measure whole bean and ground bean um, mm. difference. Um, but um, it can be tricky. I actually had one one coffee at a, a um, roaster that we visited, and the coffee looked a bit darker inside, and yeah. and they had a light health that can measure yeah. outside um, bean color and in, uh, ground mm-hmm. bean color. I actually showed that the, the outside bean color was a bit darker, so yeah. um, it can be deceiving, but um when you do it with a measurement device but um normally it's just a visual measurement if it's it's like a steak Mm -hmm. um if if the steak is raw inside and 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 cooked outside it's not not ready yet yeah so Mm -hmm. um if it's burned outside and 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 still raw inside it's just too much heat yeah at the beginning Mm -hmm. um to reduce your heat and and try to apply it more evenly and then you get like to this medium raw and Mm -hmm. or, or medium stage of coffee and it can still be really light. So, um, mm-hmm. um, like Nikolai first, a friend of mine, exceptionally great roaster. Mm. Um, he's one of the few guys who can roast coffees really, really light, but still have an even covered distribution yeah. throughout others roast. And that's something really exceptional because if you have a little bit of green inside, um, that's where you have more of these green flavors, the grassy notes, the papery notes yeah. and, and, and to me, they are not really pleasant. Yeah, but a lot of roasteries try to get more um, more florality, more acidity into the coffee. Doing that, yeah, uh, at least that's what, what I'm supposed because mm. a lot of the high end class coffee brands that you see out there, mm. the well known brands, um, um, you, you actually see that that a lot of the roasts. And I personally think a lot of the roasts are, are underdeveloped and, and okay. I, you can taste it and I don't like it, So, um, mm-hmm. but then you can, you might like it. So if, if you like it and that's what you're looking for, then yeah. it's also, there's no right and wrong. There's no, you have to do it this way. You have to do it that way. Yeah. Um, it's Just for me as a personal um, experience, I think coffee should be evenly roasted through yeah. um, at any roast stage. And then I think coffee has the most balance. And for me, balance is complexity. Yeah. Okay. Interesting balance is complexity um,
0: that's something we have to think about <laughs> And so are you looking for complexity or are you looking for um, like
1: harmony um, well that what's what balance actually is is, is, is harmony is it's, um, when like any any good meal or any good cocktail, the sweet spot between the sour mm, the bitter, the sweet and the body is always integral for the for the sensory pleasure that yeah. that you're perceiving. Um and it's the same for any kind of food because that's mm-hmm. like along the five main tastes that we have, and we're talking about now that there might be a sixth one. So yeah. even that is, is something that's still in in mm-hmm. in the discovery. Um but we have a certain spectrum of taste that we can perceive. yeah, And The more something of each part is in in that thing that we taste um, we perceive it as balanced and and, and complex Um, i think that's something to remember and um, i think that what what makes coffee interesting like even if 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 you want to have a super acidic coffee then um, which is also interesting too i personally i like i like sour i like uh, my cocktails also to be a bit more on the sour side mm-hmm. somebody else would say, I want a more on the, on the sweeter side, yeah. um, that's totally up to you, but I think if you want to have that acidity in a coffee, it needs to be there from the beginning from your green coffee. Yes. Um, and what I always try to do with my roasts is um, I evaluate green coffee in three stages. I do a light roast, I do a medium roast, I do a dark roast, that's yeah. something I learned from the Kaffeemacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I try to decide what pleases this coffee best, and I go for that for that route. Um, yeah. So what do you have to bear in mind: if is it going to be a filter roast? Is it going to be an espresso roast? Yeah. Um, with espresso extraction, you you multiply whatever is in the coffee. So if you have a lot of acidity within a coffee, yeah. If you do that for an espresso roast, acidity might be off the charts and totally unpleasant. Yeah um so this might indicate that this would be better for filter roast yes and and the other way around if you have a really nice coffee but you think ah oh, i'm lacking a bit of acidity there mm. but but the taste notes the the aromas the the everything is really nice and say oh this would actually make great espresso because i'm i'm, I'm increasing the mm-hmm. acidity anyway during extraction and mm. concentrating it. So um, that might be something I say, okay, this is a great espresso coffee and some coffees are good for both and yeah, try, just try it out and and, and find your style, but don't let anybody tell you that uh, this is how coffee should taste or this is how coffee should yep. taste or this is the way to go, this is the roast curve, this is mm. the roasting style. Mm. Um, be open experiment and, mm. and, and uh, try to learn even as, as a customer okay yet if
0: you say try to experiment then when it comes to roasting curves and roasting profiles there are so many factors that you can influence you can influence the start temperature the curve during the roast uh, time so but where where is the place to start in your opinion where do i have are there kind of factors where i have the most influence where i should start with or because i think it can be a bit um, tough if you
1: try to start to influence each factor. Maybe you just start with one and then go to the next. Yeah, always, always just change one one factor at a time. Mm. So um, there's a lot of different roast styles uh, like Johanna Wechselberger in Austria. She's roasting a lot of her coffees. Um, and, and, and altering by, by, um, changing the drum speed. Mm-hmm. So if you, uh, but you, if you have a Digerish roaster, mm-hmm. you can't change the drum speed. So yep. there's mm-hmm. no point in experimenting in that I mm-hmm. You can lose yourself within a lot of these factors and they yeah. are not actually that important for me personally. I do most of the work during gas settings. Yes. Um, I do some changes in some minor changes in, in, uh, in airflow. Um, I have a feeling that especially for Giesen roasters, at some some point above one hundred twenty-five airflow, yeah, um, and that can vary because of the general setup of the machine, how how long is the air stack and everything. Mm. Um, but around that time, I th- personally had the feeling that during practicing for the last World Coffee Roasting Championship, yep. that you lose, lose a lot of um, body and, uh, and 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 sweetness if you apply mm. too much airflow yeah um so you need to be careful what you change and how much and how often so i would uh, try to keep it as short and simple as possible yeah um and just go from one iteration to the next and yep. uh, great way just always start is is um, a drop in temperature mm-hmm. um, it's whether i roast a soak or not um, mm-hmm. whether i um apply heat and, and from the beginning in the way I I wanted to, to start the roast, to so have a, a lot of heat at the beginning um, and reduce the re- um, heat at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these factor in, um, you have to decide what you like best and what your customers really like. So you have to always look at, am I in, in, in Berlin or am I roasting for more classical, yep. not so informed audience somewhere else where coffee is still looked at as a commodity rather yeah. than, and, than something that you drink for pleasure. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Interesting. So yeah, that's uh, can, can be a challenge for you as well, because you're quite deep in the specialty coffee scene. You're a person that likes this, like uh, coffees that have a strong expression. On the other hand, you're um, placed in Ravensburg, which is um, a beautiful place, but still it's not one of the main hubs for specialty coffee. So most probably with your roastery Seekind. You might need to cover all the different aspects. Or yeah.
1: So, aspects. so we, we we are the only roastery, uh, specialty coffee roastery, and well, not the only specialty. Like there's another roastery that uses specialty grade coffee, but yeah, roasts a far more developed style than the, yeah. we do. Um But when it comes to modern coffee interpretation, we are pretty much the only one within a fifty kilometer radius. Yeah. So, um, which can be a pain and a blessing at the same time, a pain because you have to explain everyone what you're doing mm-hmm. uh, and and um, a pleasure because there's nobody else around you to compete with you. Yep. Um, so you have a lot of potential to attract new customers um, but also to really help people um, discover coffee in a way they haven't discovered it before. And yep. that's something really, really beautiful that I really like. Yeah. Okay, nice. And um,
0: what is the role of green coffee in 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 your business or anyway what
1: is the role of green coffee in roasting well green coffee is everything like um there's a lot of sayings out there like groceries claiming though we increasing the the, the quality in coffee we're doing something really amazing uh applying our voodoo and you need to have 30 years of experience to do what we do yeah um i don't find that true at all um i think coffee um is something that we get um created to a point from from the producers that we work with mm-hmm. and then our job as a coffee roaster is to not screw it up yeah um so you can never go from a bad green coffee to a good roasted coffee but it's really easy to go from a good green coffee to a bad roasted coffee yeah um, so i see my job as a roaster in, in complementing whatever the farmer has produced yeah uh, but I'm never talking about my coffee, I'm always talking about my roast, Yeah. Uh, because all I do is the roasting and I didn't grow it, and there's a lot of things that factor in during production, mm-hmm. during uh, pre-harvest, post-harvest, um, and um, what I really like is with our producers to to get into a conversation and to talk to them, like, how can we... Uh, develop the coffee in the future how Mm -hmm. can we accentuate some of the of the flavor notes how can we get it more acidic how could we get it more Mm -hmm. sweet Um, so those are things that we uh, like to do as a roastery and and see our coffee producers as partners that we work really closely with and um, but um, kind of presumptuous to say that that you are talking about your coffee and, and how, how great you are as a roaster if, if Yeah, really 90% of the work has been done by somebody else.
0: Yeah. How did you like the video so far? I find these interviews just so inspiring. There is so much you can learn about coffee roasting. Did you know that one of the main reasons we can get so great people to these interviews is that we have a couple of thousand subscribers in this channel because like that they know if they take their time. There are going to be a lot of people that are going to watch the video then at the same time if i'm looking at youtube i see that most of the people that are watching these videos don't subscribe to our channel therefore i'm just asking you for a little favor take these two seconds of time and subscribe to our channel you are going to do me but also the whole coffee roasting community a big favor because the more subscriber we have the more and bigger guests we can get for these interviews By the way if you like this video you can also give it a like because the more it is liked the more it's going to be shown on YouTube. So much for that I thank you very much but now let's continue with the video. So imagine you have a new coffee or a new roaster, a new coffee that you want to develop out of green coffee. How do you start with Are you then directly going to the production roaster because then I mean you already going to start with quite a lot of um, batches or or do you have a sample roaster or how do you start with that?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm using a sample roaster, mm-hmm. um, I'm doing three roast profiles, light, medium and dark mm-hmm. and just try to evaluate where the coffee works best and then yep. um, I have certain things that I learned from my roasting on my machine yep. um, where say like I my filter coffees are usually in the range six to eight degrees above first crack. Yeah. Um, I usually do somewhere between fifty seconds to a minute ten development time. Yeah. I found in most roasts that if I'm below fifty seconds development time, I'm yep. I'm, I'm losing complexity. Yeah. Um, I might have a bit more florality, and a bit more acidity in there, but. Um, um, I like like it to be balanced. Like if high acidity, it needs to be there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I go from each roast. I'm I'm going. I'm I'm, I'm roasting the coffee. I'm cupping the coffee. Then yep. I'm, I'm doing another roast and I cup that. Then I mm-hmm. do another roast. And then from iteration to iteration, you improve your profile until a point where they say, okay, that, that's spot on. That's yep. That's I think there's I got everything out of the coffee that that's possible. Yeah, um, and that's what we are always aiming for um, mm. as a roastery to to achieve that um, complexity in coffee.
0: Okay, so you kind of developed a like best practice um, profile where you know that's going to work like eighty percent, and then then you're starting to work from there yeah. and and fine tuning it. Okay, and uh, you said you were talking about let's say about fifty seconds or one and a half minutes development time. How long would the roast
1: be then in total? Um, so our roasting times for filter coffee um, start somewhere at eight minutes thirty seconds, yes. and they can go up to ten minutes for Brazilian yep. coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, because with the Brazilian coffee, we also roast in bigger batches. Yeah, we... we sell more of that, so mm-hmm. um, we. Don't follow this practice. Only use eighty percent of your capacity. What yep. a lot of people always tell you. Oh, you can only use eighty percent of of your capacity. I mm-hmm. didn't find that to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, it really depends. If you have a have a really interesting filter coffee, you mm-hmm. you definitely at a lower lower a lower level. You might only no, use nine kilograms and fifteen kilogram So because yes. you need that energy to really get the roast going in the beginning. Yep. Um there's definitely a cap where you you have to start but um like for all our passes are now 15 kilo like maximum capacity of the machine to be more more efficient. Um and I found that the coffee's only profited from that. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't go down that road to use only 80% of your capacity because it um, okay. yeah. just makes your roasting really inefficient. Um, mm-hmm. But for like the really funky fermented coffees, I'm only doing six kilograms, um, but mainly due to freshness reasons. yeah, We don't sell too many of those. Um, and I want the coffees to be within a certain window when mm-hmm. we sell them. For us, we treat coffee as fresh up to three months after roasting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I see a significant drop, um, in, in quality, but up to three months, um, the, the, the decreasing quality is really, really s- small, mm-hmm. and especially with fermented coffees. I, I yeah, also find that some coffees are best after two to three months. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I even cut my coffees after half a year and, um, of course i I'm documenting everything. Yeah. And if I look at my, my, my data points, I think, yeah. Coffee needs at least two to three weeks for degassing, um, then has a peak up to two months depending on the coffee and your roasting machine. And then after that, it slowly starts losing quality, but probably even after three months, the coffee is still better than after one week. Yeah. Um, So, um, And that's something that I learned from a lot of roaster colleagues when we talk about freshness, because of course the customer wants freshness and freshness is the thing that A lot of people use in marketing to separate them from from the big commercial brands, but Mm. um, they're certainly too fresh and it's also really tricky for small roasters, even for us at the beginning. um, You have these nice coffees, but you don't sell them quickly enough. And then people start complaining, look, what am I going to do? I can't drink it all myself. I don't want to throw it away. Mm. Um, Please work with me here. Um, Um, maybe try it out and, and, and um, instead of just saying, oh, yeah, in you know, the coffee's bad, it's too old. Like, have you tried it actually? Yeah. I had one customer who came up to me recently and said, oh, your coffee is really dark, and the coffee's old. The coffee was two weeks old. Mm. Um, and he said, about one of our lightest roasts, that's a dark roast. Look, that's a fermented coffee. Yeah. The outside color can be deceiving mm-hmm. um, because it changes very much between beans and. and High-end fermentation processes, yes. because you order the coffee in a way that is not used to do like that, um, and and you change the cell structure, and that some beans might appear a bit darker. Yeah, um, really difficult sometimes, especially in, in in fermented naturals. You might get a bit little bit of oil on them. Yeah, um, and that, that's when you you go above a certain temperature, and then that, that's uh, but the coffee is still great to drink. Mm. So why don't you just try it and and, and enjoy it instead of talking about, um, outside parameters that some people have established that I don't find to be true at all.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And, um, so, so now you were talking about this, um, fermented coffees and this is one, one of your fermented coffee, for example, for a Cosmic. Um, you also shared your kind of, um, go-to profile when it comes to filter coffee, this is then more um a classical more a classic roast it's a brazilian um, and robusta blend seventy thirty. Mm-hmm. can you share your roasting approach on espressos
1: yeah well um our espresso roasting approach is like this is like our darkest roast that we produce mm-hmm. uh, it's still a very medium roast um mm-hmm. we call it our bridge coffee bridging the gap between classical coffee and modern coffee yeah um, so that coffee was roasted for about 14 minutes with a yep. one minute 45 development time mm-hmm. um, to an end temperature of around 203, which in our case would be somewhere like 12 degrees above first crack. Yeah. So um, I always find it difficult when people talk about temperatures in their roasting machines, because even within the same manufacturer, you get huge differences in in, in, in temperature reading, so it's always you reading on your machine. Mm-hmm. I, I was reading a, on the webpage of one one roaster colleague in Germany who claimed, yeah, we roast our coffee really cold at 165 degrees. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Really interesting how you get to first crack then because you're 30 degrees under the physical barrier of yeah. first crack, so not very likely. Um, you just have a bad position for your temperature probe. Yeah. Um, and for this coffee like um this is uh is an 8 minute 30 seconds 45 50 yeah. seconds development time to an end temperature of around 198 yeah so for this coffee it's actually cracks a little bit later at one ninety four. so it's about 4 degrees above first crack so okay still out comes out popping um, um uh, out of first crack but um mm-hmm. Uh, when, when when we take it out but um, that would be on a really light side
0: yeah okay thanks a lot for sharing you now also uh, started the roast on the ailio bullet yes what are your first uh, impressions or uh, yeah what are your first first experience with this with this machine
1: uh so i, I had my first experience at the Maha coffee school um mm-hmm. i think two years ago yeah um uh, it's a wonderful machine that's um, I'm really excited to be working together with ILo in the mm-hmm. future. Um, so we just started that corporation now and I, I just got mine when I come back today. Uh, it, it will be waiting for me and I can do the unboxing and but from from the few roasts I had on it, I, I, I really like the consistency. yeah, and I really like the quality of the roast. I think it's a it's a bargain at that price point yeah. um, if you want to start home roasting. You might even think about, yeah, I might go into production roasting. I think this is a machine that even can start your roast business from the from the early stages on. You, I, I've heard about somebody who's roasting 3.7 tons on the machine a year. Um, so I think if, if, if you want to, if you're thinking about into getting roasting coffee professionally, um, this is a good machine for your sample roasting and your production roasting as well, especially in your early stages. Um, you can easily produce a ton of coffee on that a year. Yeah. Um, if you have produced a ton and sold a ton of coffee, um, and you still like what you're doing, then then you could think about the next steps. But um, mm-hmm. I think for anybody trying to roast coffee professionally, the the Iu Bullet is, is, is a great way, great yep. machine to start. Even for me, I'm really excited to to work um, with it for our like really experimental coffees. I've got a Colombian geisha coming in soon mm, yeah. um and that's a coffee at 35 euros a kilogram where you yeah. don't wanna wanna um, um be too too um, risky so um uh, I'm, I'm gonna roast that on the bullet and uh, yeah uh, have have my experimentations with that and uh, you can follow the journey with me and the bullet um in the coming weeks on our social media channels sure yeah yeah
0: yeah we are looking forward to to see how yeah, how the Bullet and you will be, will become friends and, and work together. Um, and in addition to that, um, I also look forward to how you will develop when it comes to the World Roasting Championships. I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. And um, once again, thank you for sharing all your information, your knowledge. That's really valuable and it's really helping a lot to the community. And at the end, I just wanted to ask you if people are interested in Seekind roastery or in following you, where can they learn more about you, where can they get the coffee or more information about the roastery, your journey?
1: Yeah, like if, if, if you want to buy our roasts, um, we ship uh, into Europe. Um, you can go to our webpage, that's uh, seekind.coffee. Um, also the same address for on our social media channels. Um, if you have any questions we're always happy to answer you by mail or by phone just pop us a call if you're interested in roasting uh, classes roasting knowledge um, we do that as well so anything coffee related you can contact us and uh, i'm I'm sure we can give you a a helping hand with whatever you need fantastic yeah thanks a
0: lot andre thank you ingo i hope this video was fun to watch and it was helpful for you if you want to know more about coffee roasting then come to our website roastrebels.com We have a lot of information on roasting, but we have also equipment like coffee roasting machines, color meters, books, and many more. In addition to that, a really nice selection of green coffee beans from all over the world. You find a link to our website right here. You could also look through our YouTube channels. We have a lot of videos on coffee roasting, on equipment, but also very inspirational interviews with coffee roasters, coffee traders, and many more. If you have any questions left, then always come back to me. I'm Ingo from Rose Travels and I look forward to talking to you.